0: What's up everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Reports NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Matt Miller, lead draft writer at BR. Joining me this week, not Connor because he has jet lag. He was in France, Europe all over the world last week. I saw him running with the Bulls, I think, or doing something. I uh, he's all over. He was in Paris. Oh, to be young and unencumbered. Got to see the Eiffel Tower. I tried to see the Eiffel Tower one time, but I wasn't in (laughs) Paris. Uh, But Mello's with me this week. So you're going to get us twice this week, Wednesday and Friday morning. And I want to start the show with some good news for everyone. People like to interact with us on Twitter. They like to interact with us on Instagram. I I accidentally mentioned I'm on Snapchat on the show last week. And all I do on my phone now is... Get Snapchat friend request. La- brag. Last week, I thought you were going to throw out my Snapchat username, too. And I was so nervous that you were going to do it because <laughs> mine is not like a Don't public thing. I try to keep that baby locked up. Yeah. Keep, keep, it, keep it tight. But now there's another forum for you guys to uh, talk about the show uh, amongst each other. Communicate with us. We have a Reddit sub forum, which I'm pretty excited to get going because I think it's going to help us stay organized for the show. Because sometimes you guys send in just the tip or draft on draft questions and you either send them, you, like they might send them to you or they might send yeah. them to me or to Connor or to, to Walker or intern or to the stick to football account oh, on much. Instagram or Twitter. It's or- too much. <laughs> so the great thing is every week on Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to make a thread on Reddit where you guys can submit your draft on draft questions. Same thing. I'm going to make a thread where you can submit your just the tip questions, your top five recommendations all those things where you guys can get involved with the show and if you just want to like meet other listeners you guys can have fantasy football leagues or plan meetups or hey maybe maybe there'll be a love connection that would be awesome. That would be awesome. We've been trying to get like engagement, people letting us propose on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe you would find your love connection in a fellow sticky on Reddit. I think it could happen. Also, talking about fantasy football leagues, one of our listeners has offered to organize that for us. That's at Tim NFL. Wants to do a $20 buy in. Everything is going to go to charity. We're not collecting or keeping any of this money, although I would like to. Oh, I, yeah. But hard. we are going to do a listener fantasy. Football draft. So let Tim know if you are interested. Again, that's at Tim NFL. We'll see how much interest we have. If we have to kind of weed down the, the listeners and pick a select group, we will. But we'll Game just, style, we'll see how many uh, slots we have. So hit up Tim if you are interested in doing that. I said slots, right? Slots. slots. That's an O. All right. Today's show, no interview because we are coming back from vacation. Connor's coming back and... Ugh, we're working on it. We're working on getting back into the interview swing of things. It's kind of a weird time of year. Uh, so we're going to go around the league with some news. We're going to preview the tight end class and then shut this puppy down with draft on draft like we do every week. Let's start with probably the the biggest news, at least as far as college football goes. I'm not going to give you all play-by-play of media days. No, I can't watch. I'm not going to sit down and watch. Jimbo Fisher's going to talk fast. Mike Leach is going to say something stupid. Yeah. It's not anything that's all football. You're not getting anything out of it. They're going to give you like basic Bill Belichick answers. They're not yeah. going to give you any tips into what their scheme yeah. is or anything like that. It's just it's a waste of time unless you're Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, but oh, I don't know. Lincoln Riley came out and said there's a quarterback competition in Oklahoma. OK, so on that, maybe that maybe we should talk about that. I don't see why there isn't a quarterback competition. Uh, what has Kyler Murray done in football that makes him like think that he's the starter? Nothing. He was the backup last year, but it was still, it was like a gimmicky, I'll put you in on some sub packages. Right, he's so small. I know he's we've tiny. talked about it before. He's tinny. He's, he's like small for a pocket. college quarterback. He's small for a college shortstop. Yeah, he's just <laughs> small in general. Like yeah. I'm bigger than him and taller, everything. Yeah. So I don't think he'll win like outright starter. I think he'll have to compete. And I think... Maybe like a game or two, they're going to go back and forth, like maybe series to series, where Austin Kendall will probably get some rest. I couldn't think of his name. I was Googling his name. I couldn't think of it. Um, Austin Kendall, redshirt sophomore, not a huge guy, but next (laughs) to Kyler Murray, he looks like fucking Cam Newton. I mean, he's (laughs) enormous. Uh, as As a Texas fan, I hope Oklahoma has... You know the old when you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. That's my hope. I I hope so too. Doubt it's going to happen because Lincoln <laughs> Riley knows how to coach pretty well. That is uh, probably the most interesting thing to come out of of Media Days. But the biggest news that can actually shake things up is Cal standout wide receiver who was uh, he was the number one receiver in his class. Demetrius Robertson is transferring to Georgia. And he's trying to get on the field right away. That would be a huge gift for them. If he can get on the field this year, that really solidifies them. That helps Jake Fromm, who's a second-year quarterback. He's got all those running backs. You give him another weapon out of receiver. This, he's a guy that we could be talking about in the draft if he does get to play this year. Obviously, if he has to sit out, I don't think that's going to help him in the draft. But he's a good prospect. He's got He's fast. He yeah. can get up the field. I'm excited. I hope he does get on the field at Georgia. I don't see why these guys have to sit out. Hey, he's not the, so stupid. It is stupid. It is very stupid. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing some of those transfer rules change, things like that. But he he's not the biggest guy. Six foot, 185. You're right. He's fast. And, man, they that offense would be over the top good. They've already got some good receivers. Right. You throw in another one, and we're going to talk about tight ends today. They've also got some pretty good tight ends, too. Yeah, and DeAndre Swift at running back. Ooh, yeah, he, he looks legit. He does look legit, and Jake Fromm's pretty damn good at quarterback. So they're, uh, they're, Georgia's going to be fun. we got to get to a Georgia game. I, I do think like, I would love for him to just be able to, you know, transfer, go play right away. I don't understand it. I, I get that you don't want these kids just, like, leaving year to year. So maybe you just give them one free transfer and let them go wherever they want. You can't stop them. You can't block them from going anywhere. You get one transfer, and you don't have to sit out. If you want to transfer to a different school after that, you sit out a year or you lose a year of eligibility. But they should just be able to move schools. Like, if I wanted to change schools, I didn't have to sit out or anything like that. I could just go to a different school. Actually, when I was in high school, one of my friends started in Kansas, not started, but went to school in Kansas. And because he went to camp with, like, a team team, and moved to Missouri in the summer. He could not play his junior year of football because it was like they would have said we were recruiting him. And I thought at the time <laughs> that one A football right it was like the dumbest thing I'd ever heard of. But because he had like gone to some camps, yeah, he was ineligible stupid. to play for us. Especially since like he we're on the state line. Right, moving from Kansas to Missouri is—he probably moved five minutes from his yeah. other house. And, and he was what's just, funny is he actually didn't move; he just switched schools. <laughs> <laughs> he lived on the state line. So yeah, you so could you chew away. Um, it is people overthink things. They it do. is my biggest takeaway, and especially when the NCAA assholes are involved, you know there's going to be some overthinking. Uh, overthinking on this front, the NFL franchise tag deadline was Tuesday. Shocker, no deals done nothing and I don't know why everybody like got excited about it on like Saturday it's like oh deadlines coming up I wonder if any deals are gonna get done no the worst time for a team to do a deal is at the deadline because there's there's more pressure right you're backed against the wall you're not gonna do it I I think it was Mike Tomlin who came out and said over the weekend like ah you know what we feel pretty good our deal's gonna get done with (laughs) Le'Veon Bell wait and see and then like Monday Schefter and everybody's like no no, not. nothing, nothing's it's happening. It's not gonna get done. Yeah, he signed no that ever, tender, he's getting 14 million dollars right. this year. That's what's happening. And if he doesn't want to play on it, okay. Don't play on it. I I think he'll sit out a couple games. I mean he always does. He always does. And that's why, like we've talked about it before. Like every year the dude misses some games and he's in a shitty situation. I don't even blame him for sitting out. He should get paid. I saw the offer come through as like five years, 70 million. You I was know. really surprised they gave him five years, but that's Me too. that's not good money for the guy who's the best running back in the league when I, he's on the field. I was curious to see how much of that was guaranteed because I never I never saw for sure how probably, much of it was done. <laughs> he's he's only played a full season once, and that was in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. So. I, so he's had some suspensions. I think he sat out a couple times for contracts. <laughs> how many times can they franchise this dude? He's done now. You can do it twice. So he's he's done. That he'll either be a free agent next year or they or, can't hit him with a transition tag or uh, they could. God, that's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, and I know like some of our listeners ask, like, what are our uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I think this was maybe a draft on draft question that I I just read. And yeah, it was. So anyway, we're going to talk about it now. They were asking, what do we think about the franchise tag? Is it fair to the players? And it, it's really not. But no. guess what? It's a collectively bargained agreement where the teams need protection so that the best player can't just leave whenever the fuck they want. So this is, if you don't like it, I and I remember I was younger when this started, when the whole franchise tag thing came up and it seemed like it was a good deal. Like, okay, guys can't just walk. You can get fair money, but that one year deal in football is tough. It's not the NBA where you can sign a one year, $20 million contract and you're set, but football you're taking a beating especially a running, running back. back it sucks this is what the cowboys are going to do with zeke Elliott, though oh without a doubt they're going to tag him twice and then let he's him go. play seven years yeah he'll be 28 and they'll say see ya yep do this oh, yeah. <laughs> and no, then he'll try to catch on with another team yeah. Maybe with he's the, not like arrested before yeah now. and he'll end up like with the cardinals you know doing a late emmett smith on yeah. his career yep Same i mean if you are listening to this and you're a running back prospect or if you have a son that you say yeah hey, Good ankles, nice hips. You might be a running back someday. Make him play safety, yeah, or receiver, or bulk, like, bulk him up a little bit. Let him play outside back. If here. he's going to be over six foot tall, like, <laughs> you yeah. might want to think about it. I throw him a we, lot. We hate him. on Jabril Pepper sometimes here, but that's what he did. He said, "I don't want to play running back." He he's hey. still a first round pick, so I mean, athletic as hell. Yeah, dude might figure it out at safety, but said he didn't want to play running back. Here, Sean Taylor also. Long time ago, said he wasn't a running back. Wanted to play safety. Would have had a lot of career longevity. (laughs) Yeah. Man, it's crazy to think that Le'Veon Bell is, I mean, one of the 10 best players in in the game. I would think most people would agree. And he can't get a contract. Yeah. And you get other guys that are. Yeah. If you play receiver, you're making pretty damn good money right now. Oh, yeah. Quarterbacks, hell yeah. And then you have the running back who's leading every year in numbers and stats. And he can't get a long term deal. It's just the devalue of the position is crazy. Especially it's happening on a second contract. Like yeah. we're seeing him valued in the draft, but like what? How this hurts other people. So like, if you're David Johnson, you're gonna be a free agent. You want to structure your deal off Le'Veon Bell's. Can't do it now. Just like you see it with quarterbacks, like, oh, this is the highest paid guy in the league for 30 seconds until the next one gets signed. So with Le'Veon Bell, like, these guys aren't getting money. If he can't get even, you know, five years, 70000000 million, they're not going to go much higher than that if they even do anything. So that's, like, where you're at with the market right now for guys like David Johnson. It's weird that, like, you're almost structuring your contractor on Jarek McKinnon, who got, like, the four-year $37 or something. It's like, ooh. Yeah, that's probably what it's going to be in the future, though. Especially if uh, Devonta Freeman, if he has a down year, I know he got a pretty good deal. Yeah, he did get a pretty good deal. But if that contract doesn't look good, that's going to drop the market value for every running back in the NFL. All right, guys, it's time to continue this college football slash NFL draft preview. Uh, I, I said a couple weeks ago on the show. We are going to be doing a lot of college football content Uh, once that season heats up. You've you've probably noticed we've been shifting a little bit in our around the league. We're talking more college football, not only as it relates to the NFL draft, but just purely college football. Because I don't know about you guys. I don't know of a college football podcast. Uh, If there is one out there, I haven't been listening to it. I would like to because I love college football. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the change because I actually don't like the NFL that much. I like the college football to the draft process. So. That's more my baby. That'll be fun. Yeah, you're going to do a lot more of the college football to draft. Connor's going to do more draft to NFL. And I'm just stuck in the middle, like always. Yeah, Middle child. That's just me. Not getting the attention you deserve. Me, really not. I'm really <laughs> overlooked in this whole process. Uh, let's do talk about tight ends. Uh, as we've said before, uh, normally we have Connor in here. Normally Walker sending us guys in as well. I mean, He did send one in for us to, to talk about this week. But uh, normally it's divided up regionally. This week, we just kind of went, Yeah, we're just gonna watch them. Yeah, we'll just take some guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna start with, I think, the best tight end in college football, but also the best prospect at tight end. And that's Noah Fant at Iowa. And when you think of Iowa tight ends, you think of like Dallas Clark, right? Mm-hmm. This is not that. This is he's just <laughs> Scott Chandler. Right. No, he's an athlete, a really, really good athlete. Uh, but uh, as you said to me before we started recording today, I don't know if he's a first-round pick type guy. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. Like, he's, I think, fringe second round right now. Yeah. I I don't think this tight end class is, is great so far. They could prove me wrong, but Noah Fant looks like the guy. I mean, we saw him last year, and the other ones, there's, just, there's kind of a drop-off. There's a lot of younger guys, those third-year sophomores. I have one on my list, Albert, I can't say his last name, I'm just gonna call him Albert O. Yeah. From Mizzou, he is a big athletic tight end, but he's he doesn't play in line. So of he's kind of like, tight, he's a Mizzou. Yeah, he's like an Evan Ingram type guy. He's huge. He's a great athlete. Looks like he has great hands. Caught eleven touchdowns last year. You know he's gonna get some targets from Drew Locke this year. I just I don't know if he can block. I he hasn't been asked to do it, and he's a third year sophomore, so he might not even come out in the draft. Are you ready for this? Oka A. Boonham. Okay, boonam. Okay, boonam. That's per mutigers.com. Yeah, there's a lot of vowels in there, so I don't know. And the KWU throws me, but I guess okay, boonam. There you go. You got it. <laughs> These are the things I do. I just sit and Google people's names. He does look talented, but like you said, Evan Ingram, I think, is probably a great player comparison for him. He is going to be split out, standing up. Yeah. Not going to see his hand it's ever in the dirt. slot. They, right. And they play him in the backfield. I guess it's like that H position where he's kind of a move blocker. I don't see that very often in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know if that's making a trend upwards yet, but that's really what they ask him to do. He doesn't do a lot on the line. He's not asked to block. He's he's a great athlete. I, I bet he could kind of develop into that. But as of right now, he looks like a big slot tight end. Yeah, uh, another guy, Caleb Wilson at UCLA we barely saw him play last year because he broke his foot uh, against Colorado a game. I was watching to try to scout Josh Rosen uh, and, and also that good Colorado defense. And uh, unfortunately he was lost for the year and there was a lot of hype about him last year. Man, this kid's going to have a breakout, probably one of the best tight ends in the pac 12 this year. Hopefully we could see him fully healthy to see what he can do. Um, I mean, the foot injury happened, I think like late September, maybe early, early October. So he should be ready to go. But, Josh Rosen isn't there. So I don't know if he's going to get what that quarterback situation is going to be like this year, if he's going to get quality passes thrown his way and what that Chip Kelly offense is going to look like. He does target the tight end some, or at least he did when he was at Oregon. Yeah. Uh, But who knows what the heck he's going to do this year. Yeah, it is going to be. And he's an interesting guy. Caleb Wilson is though. But I think right now he's living a little bit more on like recruiting hype and potential and not so much on just what he actually is on the field as a player. Yeah, Uh, Another guy for me that I do like, he only caught nine passes last year, which is just astounding. I couldn't believe it when I saw it, but is Isaac Nata out of Georgia. He had a huge freshman season when he had the other quarterback throwing to him. And then last year he comes in, he only catches nine passes, but I actually watched an interview with him where he said, well, last year was even a better year for me, because even though he didn't have the production, the offense still ran smoothly and you saw what he could do. So, Especially I like in the run game. <laughs> I like that because he's also an inline blocker. He can play on the end of the line. He's used to having his hand in the dirt and he shows some athleticism. He's not like a big overbearing tight end. He's about 6'4, 240, but it looks like he could have a breakout season. We'll see what he can do with Jake Fromm, throwing to him if he gets Demetrius Robertson, help take some targets off of him. And obviously, Dre, Dre, Dre Swift. Is going to help out in the running game. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Uh, all right. My next one from Stanford, you know, they make tight ends at Stanford. Caden Smith, 6'5", 260. So of the tight ends we've talked about, he's the one where you're like, oh, that's a tight end. That's not a receiver. Right. He actually is going to play in line and can, more of your traditional guy. Only caught 23 passes last year and in and, and 2016 as a freshman, didn't even see the field. So he's going to be a junior, uh, but I, I do like him a lot. Every scout I talked to uh, over the late spring, early summer of, hey, you know, let's start to get a a list together of guys to watch. Caden Smith's name came up a lot uh, as one of the better tight ends in the country. So we'll see him. I think this year even have more of a role because he's going to be that number one tight end for him. Uh, I also tried to go find myself a blocker because I was tired of watching guys play in the slot and I found Chase Allen out of Iowa State. He is a huge guy. Six foot seven. He's added a lot of weight this offseason. I think he's up to two forty. He made second-team All-Big 12 last year. He had four catches. Yeah, If that doesn't tell you about his blocking, then you need to listen better. He had four catches (laughs) and made second-team All-Big 12. This dude can block. He's got length. If he keeps adding weight, he's going to be one hell of a blocker. He kind of reminds me of George Kittle when he was at Iowa. Yeah, and once he got to the NFL, he became quite the pass catcher for old Jimmy Jesus. Yeah, and was just a a pretty good all-around player, so... Iowa State, man. Hey, did you know that they uh, didn't really even have a quarterback last year? I've heard they had a linebacker. (laughs) One more for me. Tyler Pettit at USC, another guy where we're talking about the fact that you don't have Sam Darnold anymore, so there's going to be a transition at quarterback, but it's USC, so they should should have some guys in there. They should be okay. Um, But someone who all the way back to 2015 as a freshman, we saw him as a backup. 2016 plays a lot more. 2017 had a, a pretty good year. Uh, he is someone that I, I'm really excited to see what he can do because again, he's six four two fifty. 250 So he's one of the few guys that actually has a prototype size um, last year. I, I think we saw him break out a little bit, but again, you, you also had Sam Darnold stretching the field for you. So what can he do now that he doesn't have, you know, the, one of the best quarterbacks in the country throwing to him? Uh, we'll see if, if he's, able to kind of separate and make moves on his own. Um, it, There's a little bit of a Mark Andrews-ness to his game, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. The thing that worries me is these USC tight ends. It seems like they always come in as hot recruits, and then we haven't really seen any of them do much. So I it's almost like they're quarterbacks. Like, for the longest time, if you were a USC quarterback, you were just kind of given the green light and like, okay, this guy's going to be great. It's kind of the same thing with their tight yeah. ends. They're big recruits, but... Not a lot of production. We'll see if Pettit can change the things up. Uh, last one for me, I'm going CJ Conrad out of Kentucky. He's another guy that looked very promising and then also got hurt. He can play on the line. He can block a little bit. I just want to see what he can do this season when he's healthy because last year he was banged up a lot and missed a lot of games. So he's a guy on my watch list also. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I'm just scrolling my list of – actually, I'm looking at last year's guys. Um, we're going to see on average now about seven – 16 tight ends get drafted every year, 16 or 17. So it's a position where like, it's not like you're only going to watch four to five, six guys. And yep. we're going to have to get deep on this tight ends list as the season goes on. Um, you know, there's going to be other guys like Brandon Fitz that get thrown in there. Um, was it Michael Irvin had a son? Yep, Michael tight Irvin. I think it's junior. Has a, He's a tight end at Miami, so I put him on my list. I didn't, didn't really talk about him, but... They've had some great production from their tight ends over the last couple of years. So he's a guy that I want to watch. And, you know, we also get hate on Twitter. Like, oh, you didn't mention this guy. It doesn't mean that we're not watching him. We're just throwing out like a couple top names to look at. I've got some other ones on my list. We're just not really talking about today. Drew Sample out of Washington, Candle Blanton out of Mizzou, Jacob Breeland out of Oregon. There's a ton of guys that we're watching and are on our radars. We're just only going to talk about like the top couple. I can remember that happening last summer. About this time, people were like, "Why aren't you talking about this guy?" And Connor tweeted at people, and he's like, "Matt has almost 800 players on his list." Yeah, you to want talk us about them. All them? All of them? Like them I up. know about Rodney Smith out of Minnesota. Yeah, he's just not like one of my top we'll five get running there. backs. We'll get there. Don't yeah. worry. We're gonna get to all these guys uh, next week. Offensive tackles, or probably just offensive line, and I'm actually very Ooh. excited about that group. I'm gonna have my work cut out for me. All Wisconsin, <laughs> Big Twelve, all Big Ten. Time. Jeez, yeah, I just. I'm going to have to talk about the Wisconsin offensive line as a whole because they have like four or five, at least four. I can't yeah. think of who their fifth guy is on the line right now, but they have four big prospects that looked very good for next year. All right, y'all. It's time for draft on draft, and it's almost lunchtime. I feel like I could probably get away yeah. drinking a beer. I've been up since like 530 today because our football camp started, so I'm ready for one. I'm due. You do? I think so. All right, well, I know what we're doing after this then. Uh, I do miss the days of – because we used to record in the afternoon, and I felt better about cracking open a beer. Like Usually, we record at 9 a.m. Central Time. And I like to drink beer, but yeah, I can't do that every we Tuesday. We should just pre-record the Thursday night, just get the pop top, Yeah, just and get then the sound effect. Have Whiskey Dan put it in for our Draft on Draft on the midweek show. There's definitely enough of uh, <laughs> popping tops on the Thursday night recording for Friday morning. Uh, but let's answer these Draft on Draft questions. You guys did a great job sending them in. We got Twitter questions. We got Reddit questions. I think there's some Instagram questions. So at SJr. Bears, who are the best bets to win the Heisman next season? Ed Oliver is sixty six to one odds. I just I still don't think they're gonna give it to a defensive lineman. I, we saw Dominn Sue dominate for a whole season and it looked really good. and it was a year where there were no other like big guys coming out that were doing things and he still didn't win it. So I think it's going to be really hard for a defensive lineman to do it, especially at Houston. Now, yes. if Bosa comes out and dominates at Ohio State or Gary at Michigan and his team is like a top five contender or the guys at Clemson, I think they have a chance. I think Ed Oliver would have to just have the best defensive season we've ever seen. Like 20 sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like Terrell Suggs type numbers, like breaking records. Right, he didn't even go to New York, and he broke the sack record. It's just it's going to be very hard for a defender to do it. That's why I think guys like Bryce Love is going to have a good chance at Stanford. Will Greer is going to throw up big numbers. I think Jake Fromm is. He's got a lot of attention going into the season, and you kind of need that to be a Heisman. You almost can't do it as a dark horse. I know Lamar Jackson did it, but he was scoring seven touchdowns a game. You're going to have to have that kind of production. To get on the radar for the Heisman, man, Jonathan Taylor—it's another name. Yeah, if you want names,
1: yeah, Wisconsin
0: running back is going to put up yards, and they're going to be a highly ranked team too. And that's the, the other key. Like with that Oliver, Houston's not going to be a top five team. And, and the Heisman—it's not like you, it's not a MVP vote where you can go out and have an amazing season. Yeah. your team has to be significant in like it's the playoff usually, race. who's the best quarterback or running back on a highly ranked on a top five team yeah like that's what it was like last year you could have said lamar jackson or bryce love were up there as well as baker mayfield mm-hmm. but oklahoma was in the playoffs and you gotta be a little charismatic too. you gotta yeah it's like, a boat. <laughs> it's its whole different breed of award you can't just do it all on the field you have to have some off field to win the heisman yeah yeah, that's true. And it helps if you play west of the Rockies or east of the Rockies. Yeah, because people can't stay up to watch nope. those West Coast games. Such bullshit. Give us a vote. Just give us a stick to football Heisman vote. <laughs> yeah. Would you have voted for Baker last year? No. Lamar Jackson? I probably would. If they actually if I had a real vote and I had to be like credible, I would have voted for Baker Mayfield. Because you get like you rank them, it's like one, two, three. How would you have stacked it? It would have been Baker, Lamar Jackson, Bryce Love. Same. That's how I would have done it. Too. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if I would ever vote like a second winner. Yeah. Roquan Smith probably would have been four for me. Yeah, probably. After he had, well, I guess that was afterwards. The Heisman's pretty early too. It's, yeah, and that's the They other should thing. let you, it Bold should be like a February matter. award where you see what they did in the national championship and the playoff. Because those are the two biggest games of the year. And the Heisman voting happens way before that. I've been saying. It's like it, yeah. Put us on the committee. We'll line this it thing should up. Happen. It, like, there's a dead period there where there's nothing going on. Like, hit it then. Not the first week of December or whatever. When Yeah, when the season's, like, barely just finished. There's, yeah. there's some time going on there. And can you imagine? I know this is a little biased, but in 2005, if they would have waited until after the national championship game... Yeah. I don't think anyone would have voted for Reggie Bush. No, and now there is no 2005 Heisman Trophy winner. There is in my heart. Well, yeah. I got to talk about Vince Chung on the radio this morning, and it really <laughs> made me happy. So, you must have been talking about his Texas days we and his Definitely Houston days. Uh, yeah. So, if you had to pick your Heisman favorite right now, I think it's Jake Fromm. It's a, it's a quarterback award, and he's coming in hot with a lot of attention, had a really good season last year. He's got to fight off this other freshman that's coming in, but I think right yeah. now he would be my favorite. I'm going to go way out there on this one, but I honestly believe it. Tua is mine. Oh, yeah. He's got to win the job. <laughs> but yeah, Alabama quarterbacks, though. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. They're always kind of boring, and even Jalen Hurts running around making plays sometimes. It's just, I don't know. That's a running back offense. Yeah, it is. All right. But I don't hate it. Next one from at Axel Jansen1. When scouting offensive linemen, what are the top three traits you're looking for to make it to the next level? Uh, So I know we don't look like it, but neither of us played offensive line. (laughs) Yeah, Shocker. Shocker. I rely a lot on uh, positions like this, people who have played it and and what can I learn from them? So people like Jeff Schwartz, Charles Bentley, Duke Mannyweather, those are the people that I have really gone to to try to teach me about offensive line play. And I, I think agility is probably the biggest thing. Uh, because you you have to have recovery agility. It, it's so important, especially at left tackle. I think too, you have to have functional strength. Like, yeah, I don't care if you can bench press fifty times, but you need right. to be like you need to, be to show functionally up strong, right? And I, I think the third thing is toughness. Like, you cannot be soft. And it, it's such a cliche, but people have told me before, like you are in a fist fight seventy five plays a game. So you you got to be prepared for that. you got to be mentally strong and tough. So those are probably the things that I still look at. Um, You know, you can get into like more, you know, do you have loose hips? Are you you able to sink in your knees? But I think flexibility is part of agility, at least if we're trying to be general. So, you know, you can look at guys like Eric Flowers, who great athlete, but can't bend too tall all the time. He bends his back and then he has a poor work ethic and he's soft. That's why they that's why guys like that fail. Orlando Brown, even like I know that his terrible forty time, but that isn't what kept him from being drafted. It was the other stuff too. Like they don't care what you run your forty in. You could go run a seven if you can do the other drills. They yeah. don't give a shit what you run that forty yeah. in. If you're an offensive tackle, but if you're six eight and you can't bend, it doesn't matter that you blew a couple of big twelve D tackles off the ball. Right. Like ooh, you whipped Bre- Brecken Hager. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Like, now you got to do a little bit more. Uh, at sports underscore. Oh, it's Fiend, but it's F-I-3-N-D. That's oh. clever. What is the most significant piece of sports memorabilia you have in your collection? Ooh, for me, I I think I have like a 2004 or 2005 Texas team autograph, the whole team. Really? I think it's 2004. So it has like Cedric Benson, Derek Johnson, you Vince Young, uh, a guy I knew gave it to me. <laughs> I don't know how he got it, but. Weird, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot is, about that. Yeah, I think you have one somewhere so. as well. But yeah, it's a whole team set. A I do remember good that. Guys now. On, I think Michael Huff would have been on that team. Cedric yeah. Griffin, Derek Johnson, Aaron Ross, yeah, two Thorpe Award winners. Damn, a should be Heisman mm-hmm. winner, Vanerik Award winner. Yeah, so it's a pretty good team. Pretty good? Uh, I think Mac Brown even. Yeah. I have a Mac Brown autograph too. Oh, I have a I Mac like Brown that. personalized. 8 by 10 and he spelled your wrong. Oh, that's great. So it's like I love it because it's like uh it's like I mean I was we were pretty young and it was like I'm trying to look cuz I think it's in here. I can't find it. But it said something like thanks Matt, you're a great Longhorn Hook 'em." and it's just it's wrong. It's the wrong. Yeah. It's Why are you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh Mac, <laughs> Uh mine I and I just got it recently. It's uh a, it's a Niners football that Jerry Rice signed. But I also have a John Taylor autographed jersey that I'm I'm really excited about and we're proud of. My ex wife got me a a Texas mini helmet signed by Daryl Royal. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. One. That's actually right there. Oh yeah, I didn't realize that was a Daryl Royal autograph. Yeah. Huh. Mm. Might not, might not be here on <laughs> Thursday when we come back. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's also a Sheldon Richardson Jets football over there, and that's a John Henderson Jaguars football. That's nice. And Adrian McPherson (laughs) signed arena football from back when I was scouting in the arena league. He was my find. He was like my Alshon Jeffrey of the arena league. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's about it that's in the office still. A lot of the stuff's moved home. You know, also did get a really cool Temple football helmet. That's true. yes, we did. Oh yeah, uh, Coach Collins hooked us up with a very cool Temple helmet. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're a college coach or equipment manager and can snag a helmet, we are collecting them. It's gonna it's gonna be a sweet backdrop for all our sick football videos if we ever start making those I know that. <laughs> that we've been talking about for like a year. Yeah, it's gonna happen eventually. I feel like it's gonna happen. Uh, I love memorabilia though. Like I'm a I'm a memorabilia nerd. Like I have a a World Series bat. A Royals yeah. one. And I I love that thing too. I really like it, but I don't ever display it. Like I keep it in a box and it's just like <laughs> locked away. Yeah. No one would ever know that I have it. Someday I'll die and like my kids yeah. will be like, oh, 2004 Team Texas autographs. Yeah. The only thing but- I do keep I keep all my press passes, like my credentials, oh, yeah. anytime I go yeah. somewhere, and it's becoming absurd how many I have now. Yeah, you have them hanging on like a basketball goal. Because I thought for a while, it was like, oh, that's cool. And there was like seven of them, and now there's like <laughs> 60, and you can't play basketball on that goal anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like 12 from the Senior Bowl alone. Yeah, <sighs> getting up there. Uh, all right, our buddy Sylvester Valderrama wants to know, what advice do you have for players— With the next CBA in three years, what would they have to give up to get fully guaranteed contracts? I think to get fully guaranteed contracts, they would have to sit some games. Like they (laughs) would have to strike. I just don't think they'll do it in the NFL. I bet if they came out and said, we will stand for the anthem, hands on hearts, saluting that might do it like everyone all 53 guaranteed contract yes 19 games a year we've yeah they have to play 19 (laughs) games a year uh and the preseason (laughs) yeah uh i don't i've said before i thought what needed to happen was the andrew luck or russell wilson someone of that someone young at quarterback at that level needed to say "I i want fully guaranteed that's what has to happen yeah, it's very easy to say that when you're not them. Right. Kirk Cousins tried it, but he's still not on the level of guys like Andrew Luck. And his is like a, there was the precedent that, oh, OK, well, you, yeah, it's just not. Yeah, it's it's not the I mean, same. He's making 60 million dollars over the next two years. So it's not bad, but <laughs> I mean, he's doing OK. And then I think there's always the fear that like we would have said J.J. Watt was a guy who should have got fully guaranteed and he's broken down physically over yeah. the past few years. So. It, there's always going to be that argument that football is too physical a sport for guaranteed contracts. Yeah. From I, the owners. I just, I don't think it will ever happen. I don't even know if there's anything that they could do. I don't even know if sitting out games would do it. I think they would just bring in replacement players again. And that was the way the league would go. I don't think they'll ever do fully guaranteed contracts. Yeah. I don't either. I, oh, I would love it. Another thing that they should look for is they got to do something about the weed problem. And I don't mean the fact that they, Are doing smoking weed? You got to let these guys smoke some weed. Like the the suspensions that they are getting for just smoking marijuana is ridiculous. You got guys suspended for a whole year because they like to smoke a little weed. Now, yeah, you shouldn't be dumb enough to lose your job for a year because you can't kick a weed habit. Right, But but it's not a major offense. Like you can't be suspending guys for a whole year or four games or whatever just because. Weed. When you have guys beating the shit out of their girlfriends and right. missing like two games for something that's going to be whatever your feeling is on this, it's going to be legal federally at some point in our lifetimes. Right. And I'm not even like a pothead or like a supporter. It makes me sick. I'll I just can't be a yeah. I don't even like it. I've tried it. It doesn't yeah. sit well with me for yeah. whatever reason. But you should be able to do it in the NFL. Like, there's so much research going on with it and how beneficial it can actually be why are we still banning this it's legal in a lot of different states yeah. might as well just especially medically testing for it, it just, yeah just like do, you don't even have do to say like nevada thing yeah. you know what it's not legal but we're not going to force it don't ask don't tell with yeah. weed like That'd we're not great. testing for it but we're not going to come out and support it that's a, actually a very good idea. Yeah, that's all you have to do. And then you don't have to worry about all the other people that are going to come at the NFL saying like, oh, they support marijuana use. And As all that. a owner, GM, coach, I would rather my player after a game go smoke a joint to deal with you know coming down from the adrenaline, the pain, the soreness. I would rather you do that than go crush a 30-pack of Natty Light. Oh, yeah. Because there's no telling what you're going to get into. Right. Like, there's some bad stuff that happens and I love alcohol. Yeah. But it also reacts very badly sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, I like don't ask, don't tell. That's a great idea. All right. One from Reddit. Ooh, our first Reddit question. I love this. Oh, I already already answered this question. My bad <laughs> from scruff mix. haha. What are your thoughts on the franchise tag? To me, it seems like if a player completes their contract. They should be free to hit free agency and sign with whatever team they want. We agree. Kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show it's how teams protect themselves. And I was 10 when free agency started, but I can actually kind of remember it. And this was a big part of that was, Hey, we don't want the Steve Young's and Troy Aikman's and Reggie White's of the world to just be able to balance when they're done. We need some protection as teams. And that was, that's what they did. Yeah. You should get some credit for finding and drafting these guys, but then locking up a guy like Le'Veon Bell for so long and, He's not able to get his big money contract and he's not able to have that security of a multi-year deal. It's kind of bullshit. So I I think that's one of the things that they just have to look to change in that CBA in the next three years. Yeah. Good luck with that. Anthony Mongoluso, our buddy wants to know, have you guys looked at trade Tyree Jackson from Buffalo yet? And how does he fare when comparing him with recent dual threat quarterbacks? So I actually did, um, because I was watching uh, their wide receiver, yeah. um, Anthony Johnson. So I, I did. I started to watch some of him. So Throws a good deep ball. Um, I kind of got like a Cardale Jones feeling from him watching mm. him play. So I don't know. I mean, it's so early. Um, I actually said this morning, uh, I was doing, like I said, I was doing radio this morning. I said, it, it's too early for me to have a lot of definitive takes other than about like Nick Bosa and Ed Oliver and Rashawn Gary. Because... So much is going to change. And I use the example of a year ago, we talked about Baker Mayfield as a day three pick, like a great college quarterback. He's probably a day three pick. Obviously that didn't happen. He ended up the number (laughs) one pick He went a little bit higher. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think even with guys like like Tyree Jackson, who I've watched probably three games, but I've also been watching him and his receiver. I'll say this. The dude is enormous. See, I haven't got... The chance to watch him play. It's yet, fun or? to watch. I, and and my notes are actually, I'm, I pulled them up. All my notes are about the receiver, not about him. So I guess that shows you who I was focused on. But he does throw a very good deep ball. I don't know that I would call him dual threat. Yeah, sometimes dual guys. Dual threat get to like, me is like Lamar Jackson. Like Jameis Winston got labeled like a dual threat guy. And James he, he doesn't leave the pocket. Yeah, so. No. Yeah. That happens from time to time. But yeah, I, I haven't why. got the chance to watch him yet. But. I, his name has popped up like on my radar of guys to watch. It just haven't made it around till Buffalo yet. Yeah, We will. We'll get there because they do have, again, they have a pretty good receiver who I just wonder if he's fast enough, but he's big, really big. So um, definitely like that. Next question is from Anthony Oreo, man. All the, all the best, listeners. all the big names coming yeah, out to wow, play. I like it. <laughs> who are way too early predictions for MVP and comeback player of the year? He's going with Aaron Rodgers and Homer Alert, Andrew Luck. Yeah, the, the Andrew Luck one I saw coming. That's a good I, one, though. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers wins Comeback Player of the Year. Like he missed some games, would How they give it to him? Broken collarbone. Yeah, he could. JJ <laughs> Watt's the front runner for JJ Watt this is. every year, yeah, but he definitely <laughs> is. Probably going to get hurt. Uh, can Kevin White win Comeback Player of the Year if he <laughs> I mean, you hasn't you played? <laughs> but could come back. So we're still waiting for that. Um, ooh, here's my Elliott. Could he? Yeah. God, I don't think coming back from suspension counts. Ooh, mine, Teddy Bridgewater. If he wins the oh, Jets' starting job. If he does anything on the field, he should yeah. probably win that award with how gross the knee injury was. And I'm going to do what I do every year. People get pissed at me. My MVP pick, Tom Brady. Yeah, why wouldn't you pick Tom Brady? It's yep. like, who's your Super Bowl pick? The Patriots. Uh, it's the Patriots. Patriots over Packers. <laughs> I could have told you that the day after the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, just like me and Andrew Luck, I'll believe it when it happens. The Patriots would be my Super Bowl bet until Tom Brady retires. Yeah. Like for the foreseeable future, you just that's <laughs> my pick. You don't even have to ask. You remember the, Chris Berman used to always pick Niners and Bills? Yeah. Every year. And he was right, right for like six years in a row. Yeah. With yeah. one of them. It just works. One of them's gonna make it. Patriots that's what Patriots backers. Patriots, yeah. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Just pick one of them yeah. to win the MVP. They'll at least be a front runner for it. Man, I can actually see Zeke winning it. He's gonna. I think he's gonna come back pissed. The offensive line is gonna be better. They're gonna have to rely on him a lot. Yeah, Dax got that third year now. He he could have a breakout season. Also, guys like Todd Gurley. Yeah, if, if he, he should have won, him maybe last year. If he can do what he did last year in that offense, I think he's got a really good chance. Le'Veon Bell is probably gonna miss some games. Oh, uh, Johnson, the Baby running Johnson, back, he's he probably a comeback. comeback player of the year. Yeah, because he hurt was a wrist. Right, like he should be. He's not, not gonna have that hesitation. Man, Gurley had over 2,000 yards last year and 19 touchdowns and didn't win it. Yeah, and, and they got some weapons around there now. Another year in that offense. They've got a great defense. Yeah. Well, on paper, we'll see if, yeah. if it holds up. But Gurley could be a big front runner if they would vote for a running back. I'm trying to think of other comeback players of the year. It's hard to do off the top of your head. I don't yeah. remember who all missed games. Cam Newton sucked last year. If he's good <laughs> this year, does that count? Uh, we'll have to ask Paul Patrol. Yeah, he'll Thursday. <laughs> Thursday night, can't wait! I'm so excited for that. The Thursday night recording this week is going to be legendary. It's going to be different. The intern's going to be here. We're doing our first ever interview on a Thursday night. Yeah, it'll be live in house with him too. So that'll be <laughs> that'll be cool. Now how I'm going to throw my voice to do the interview. <laughs> Last question from Reddit at LHR859: What do you think is a running back's true value in terms of money per year? Whether it's Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, or David Johnson. I mean five for seventy, yeah. I that's what they offered for Le'Veon Bell. I think. I think the fourteen million dollar franchise tag is too much money for a running back. It would be for my team. I think you. If I was paying a running back, I would want him somewhere around ten or on a rookie contract. Well, and the thing, yeah, I want him on a rookie contract, and that's the thing. Like people talk about, are running backs devalued? And I kind of alluded to it earlier. They are on a second contract. They're not on a rookie deal. Even though, like, Saquon Barkley is probably the fifth highest paid running back in the league right now, it's still really good value. Yeah. So, I mean, 70 over five is 14 million a year. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it is, but it's still, I think that's for like the peak at the position. Yeah. So, guys like a Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, David Johnson. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is going to get 14.5. The next highest cap hit at running back is Jerick McKinnon at 10.5. Mind blowing. LaShawn McCoy at almost nine. Zeke Elliott. Yeah. mm -hmm. Zeke Elliott at six, eight. So So, the discrepancies are all over the place. Maybe, Mm -hmm. yeah, me at 10 shot a little high even. I thought these guys were getting better paid. Man, if Jerry McKinnon doesn't ball out, that contract is going to look awful. They'll just cut him because he doesn't have a fully guaranteed deal. Just like after two years, Eh, whatever. We missed. Yeah. And then. Zeke only Zeke at 6'8". Wow, Lamar Miller's next at 6.75. Yeah, there's some bad running back contracts out there. That's uh, that's why running back it's such a weird position. It used to be like the most important position on the field, probably even more so than quarterback, and now it's just it's not anymore. You can find yeah. guys in the third round that can come in and be pro bowlers and be super productive in your offense, and you don't have to pay them. You can let them run out their rookie contract and then, go try to draft another one in the third round and you can usually find one that's good enough. And I meant, I forgot Devont Freeman. He's getting 8.25. You mentioned his deal earlier. Comeback player of the year. Yeah. Oh no. I'm thinking uh, Dante Foreman. Yeah. Texans running back. (laughs) Yeah. He might be. All right, that's our show for the week. A lot of fun. Definitely go to Reddit. It's reddit.com slash r slash stick to football. Uh, we have 85 subscribers. I'd like to see that number at 100 real soon, guys. Yeah, real soon. We are doing, like Matt said, two interviews this week. We're going to have Walker TR in here. And we're also, I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to interview Matt slash Paw Patrol Scout, but we're going to do that the on myth Thursday is gonna night. going to die Thursday that this is actually me. It's going to be really weird. I hope he has a very distinct voice. Oh, or God. that he sounds just like you, and people are like, "No, I don't believe it." That's still we're Matt. recording the interview on camera. Not obviously <laughs> we're recording it as a podcast. We're setting cameras up. Damn it! Yeah, we need to FaceTime this dude. Ooh, maybe something. So. He probably doesn't want us face That's out. That's the only question we can't ask him: is what's your real name? Oh, I, really? It's like what? Yeah, what can we ask you? What can we not ask you? Yeah. So uh, listeners should send in because this guy's—he's getting a lot of attention. I feel like this is a pretty big deal. What do you want to know about him? He's, he says he's not Matt. We can't ask him his real name. So if you have questions for Paw Patrol Scout, let us know. Hit us up uh, in the Reddit subs, subreddit, subreddit. I'm new to Reddit. Twitter, Instagram, DM us. Let us know. Uh, we'll be back Friday, the show. Connor will be back next week off of his vacation and celebrating World Cup Championship in France. So that's all for us this week. I am Melo Esquire, joined as always by NFL Draft Scout.